Hi, you're listening to Ten Minute IS Paper. My name is Blair Wang. Today's paper is called "Augmenting the Algorithm: Emerging Human in the Loop Work Configurations" by Tor Grunsund and Margun Ornstad, published in the Journal of Strategic Information Systems (JSIS) in 2020. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's been so long since I've put out an episode, and I do regret not、um, working more on it. I guess in the last couple of months, as I've been trying to push forward my PhD. But anyway, I'm really happy to be back here, and I hope that I can keep the momentum going this time. I guess we'll find out.、Uh, two things really prompted me here. One being that just yesterday, this paper here was announced as the best paper of the year, 2020, in the JSIS Journal,、uh, which. I thought it was awesome because this journal paper here is also open access, so you can go and and read it even if you don't have a university library login, which is just wonderful. So you can follow along as I walk through it today.、Uh, the other thing that, of course, prompted me、uh, to get back into this momentum, fingers crossed, is because as of tomorrow,、um, well, as of the eighth of August, which is when I plan to release this episode, it'll have been one year since I started this podcast. We had a great、uh, initial momentum, and it kind of petered out a bit as I got more tangled up in my PhD. But I hope I can keep the momentum going this time. I thought it was really good for getting my reading done and, and knowing what's happening in the IS research space. Without further ado, let's talk about this paper, augmenting the algorithm. What an interesting topic! There's so much talk these days, of course, about the robo apocalypse and all the algorithms taking away our jobs and also causing problems. Here in Australia, we had the robo debt shenanigans. But this paper, I think, it presents a nice balanced view of the situation in that we definitely want to leverage the systems, but there is still A very important role, or I should say, a set of very important roles for the human, and those roles evolve over time as an organization gets more accustomed towards automation, AI, and that general algorithmic decision-making space. So, to understand the case study in this paper, and it's a really interesting one, but it's a little bit complicated, so please bear with me. So, essentially, there is a company that is interested in the movement of cargo ships globally. Why would you be interested in that? Well, combination of two things. One, the data for that is available because cargo ships transmit signals about what they're doing, and essentially this data gets aggregated into various relatively accessible data sources.、Uh, but also, there's a lot of commercial value in knowing the flow of cargo globally. Because that effectively allows you to kind of have a picture of how trade is flowing, and once you have a picture of how trade is flowing, there's all sorts of financial decisions that can be made about the changes in the prices of commodities and so forth. So definitely, lots of commercial value in knowing the movement of the cargo ships. Much harder to piece it all together.、Uh, the point that they make in the paper is that this this company that the researchers look at here,、uh, they they do this. They do the data aggregation, but it's quite tricky because the data is not entirely neat and clean. There's all sorts of reasons why ships might either accidentally or deliberately、uh, present a, an incorrect or inaccurate view of what they're doing. And so there are people whose job it is is to Look at all the data sources, piece together a report、um, about the movement of trade, and that comes together in this awesome mega spreadsheet called a trade table. So, page six, there's this vignette about how trade tables work, and also a, a nice picture, figure two, about this 
like giving an example of a ship making its way through the Baltic Sea and leaving behind all this useful data. So that's the context. And now I'm going to tell the story from the paper about how algorithmic decision making comes into the picture. So this company that sells this very useful commercial data, they started encountering some challenges in 2017 when they realized that their clients have better data than they do. And essentially they figured out it was because they just could not keep up with the volume of raw data that's coming in. Their own company, analysts, researchers were a bit overwhelmed. So they decided to investigate algorithmic decision-making to be able to work faster. And so they introduced this algorithm and its purpose is to ingest a lot of the data and come up with some of the insights that the human worker was doing beforehand in the trade tables. There were inevitably some initial problems and, and one of the points that they make in the paper is that apparently people misspell Singapore a lot or at least have alternative spellings of Singapore, abbreviating it into SNG and so forth. So we have our first configuration here. There's an algorithm, it can generate trade tables, but it's not perfect. So there's a data scientist who may not exactly be a specialist in the area of understanding global shipping routes, but they can pick up when the word Singapore has not been spelt consistently. And so they're able to make some improvements and that's the first configuration on page eight, figure three there's a data scientist tweaking the algorithm. So now we're at a stage where the algorithm is pretty good at what it's doing. It's still got issues, but now only the, the more difficult issues remain. Bit more complicated than just different ways to spell the word Singapore. So this is the kind of issue that also the data scientist isn't quite able to figure out by themselves. It requires a bit more domain expertise to fix these remaining issues. So now we have our second configuration, still on page eight, figure four, where the domain experts come in and they advise the data scientist on how to tweak the algorithm to produce even better trade tables. But that is not all because there are still going to be people asking questions about whether or not the algorithm is good enough to really do the work of a human. There's always going to be some anxiety that the algorithm is producing inaccurate results. And so we now land on our third configuration. The point here is this, we are going to run the algorithm. It's going to generate the, tr the trade tables, but we're also going to get a human <laughs> to continue doing what they were doing before generating the trade tables manually. And we're actually gonna get them to work on the same tasks from time to time and see how the results stack up. And one point here, which is really important for this paper, we're gonna continue treating the human's work as the ground truth. The ground truth, meaning this is what we assume to be correct. And if the algorithm doesn't get the same results, let's have a look. And who's gonna look at the comparison between the two? We're gonna have a new role here, called the data analyst, different from the data scientist. So the data analyst doesn't have the job of actually having to tweak the algorithm. The data analyst compares the reports, different alternative trade tables produced by the human or by the algorithm and raises issues if there's a disparity. That's our third and final configuration, figure five on page nine. So what does this paper give us apart from a very nice case study? Well, it definitely gives us a nice explanation for how algorithmic decision-making and humans work alongside each other and how that relationship evolves over time. And that final configuration we have at the end is, is quite mature. And there's a nice illustration of it on page 12, figure six. But more than that, there is a very interesting point here about this, I guess, 
common tension between the human and the machine. In this particular case, the researchers did report that, I guess, uh, to paraphrase a bit, there was a little bit of anxiety from the human that their job was going to get replaced by a machine. But importantly, page 13, and I quote, human work was not discontinued, but repurposed to provide a ground truth and still operated in parallel to the algorithmic classification. And now you might think, okay, well, this is something that sort of happens in the initial stages. And once the algorithm is good enough, we, we get rid of that step. But the point that the authors make in this paper is that the human here who is providing that ground truth continues to be a part of the process going forward. And actually this combination of the algorithm doing its thing and the human doing the same task in a human way and having some comparison against the two on a regular basis as a form of auditing, it actually produces something much better. And so the authors actually say this configuration, this human in the loop configuration, keeping a person there is a strategic capability. I guess uh, reflecting on that, not only is that definitely very reassuring to the many people out there who may be a little bit anxious about the robot apocalypse, but overall, what we see here is a package to have algorithmic decision-making that's still making valuable contributions to society, but there is an auditing process by which we can feel just a little bit more assured that what the algorithm is generating is still of pretty good quality. This has been an episode of 10 Minute IS Paper. Thanks for listening. The music on this podcast is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod and generously licensed under Creative Commons. You can find out more about this podcast at www.tmisp.org and you can reach out to me, Blair Wang, at www.blair.wang.